the 16th chapter of Hilchas Edus, the laws of testimony. In this chapter, the Rambam will finish the subject he began in Perak Tess, where he listed the ten categories of witnesses who are disqualified from testifying. After having gone through the first nine, in chapter 15, the Rambam started explaining the last of the ten categories, those that are Nagea Be'edusan, who somehow the, their testimony will end up benefiting them, and therefore they are disqualified. In this Perek, Perek Shisha Asr, the Rambam will conclude his discussion of Nagea Be'edusan, and thereby all ten categories. Perek Shisha Asr, the 16th chapter, Halacha Aleph. This Perek, by the way, contains six Halachas. Reuben Shagazel Sada Oitalis Mishimen. Reuben stole a field or a garment from Shimon. Ubo Yehuda ve'irer al Reuven. And along comes Yehuda with a complaint against Reuven and says, Ba'omar sadezu oitalezu shalihi. That this field or this garment really belongs to me. So now there is a dispute going on between Reuven and Yehuda as to who owns the field or who owns the talus. Now really, Shimon is the one that originally owned this over here. And he is going to have to prove that it belonged to him in order to regain it from Reuven. So we might think that in this dispute between Reuven and Yehuda, Shimon would be allowed to testify. Because who does Shimon have? What, Shimon couldn't care whether it belongs to Reuven or whether it belongs to Yehuda. Because if Shimon hopes to regain this, he must have a proof. If Shimon can prove that it's his, that it's his he'll be able to get it back from Reuven. He'll be able to get it back from Yehuda. So what does Shimon care who wins this case between Reuven and Yehuda? If he can prove it's his, he can get it from anyone. And if he can't, he won't be able to get it back from anyone. So Rabbim says, nevertheless, he cannot. Ain Shimon Shimon is not allowed to testify that it belongs to Reuven. She'ein zu hasada shal Yehuda. To testify that this is not Yehuda's field, v'loi zu atala shal Yehuda. And this is not Yehuda's garment. Why? What does Shimon get out of this? Shari Shimon reitze lahamit sode zu. Aitala zu biyad Reuven. Because Shimon wants to establish this field or this garment in Reuben's possession. That Reuben was the one that stole it from him in order that he should be able to take it back from the Gazlan. They have the law of Hagzela that the Ganeth or Gazlan is required to return the stolen object to the original owner. So therefore he wants to have it firmly placed in the possession of Reuben who stole it from him. And then he'll be able to grab it back from Reuben. Aye, what's the difference? If Shimon can prove his, his against Reuven, he should be able to prove against Yehuda. So Rambam says, no. Because it's possible that this proof Shimon has to take the field from Reuven, perhaps he will not be able to use the same proof to get it back from Yehuda. As mentioned in Shulchan Aruch, and in the in the commentaries, that not every Baal Din is the same. That he might be able to use his claim against one and not against the other. So it would be sufficient to get, to get the field back from Ruvain, but to get it back from Yehuda, perhaps he would not be able to. Therefore, he would rather establish this field in Ruvain's possession, because he's sure from him will be able to get it back. The Kainim Machar Ruvain the Hagzula. And so too, if Reuben got rid of this field now, either he sold it to Levi, or it was passed on an inheritance to Levi, who inherited it from Reuben. So now it's no longer in Reuben's hands anymore. Reuben, you remember, is the one that stole it from Shimon. And Reuben has now sold it to someone else, or had it inherited to someone else. 
Upo Yehuda la Arda Levi, and alone comes Yehuda now, not complaining against Reuven. Reuven no longer has the field; he's complaining against Levi. So too in this case, Ein Shimon made Shein Ishel Yehuda. Shimon cannot testify that this field does not belong to Yehuda, because Shimon Nachas Ruach Levi. Perhaps he will have an easier time getting the field back from Levi. Therefore, it is, his, it is in his interest to testify the field does not belong to Yehuda, and therefore he has not believed. However, this last point that Rambam mentions only about the law of a sade, about a field. In the next halacha, that Rambam will speak about a garment. Halacha base. The important principle to remember for this halacha is something we learned previously in Hilchas Geneva and Hilchas Chazela as well, that the, uh, the concept of Yiush and Shinirushus, that once someone has had Yiush, he has lost any hope of regaining his object, and so too the object has changed hands. It is now in somebody else's possession, in somebody else's property, with Yiush. And secondly, Shimir shoes, the original owner has lost any claim to the object. The new, the, whoever stole it or whoever bought it unknowingly has gained possession of this object. This, however, applies only to movable objects. When it comes to land, there is no difference as to whether there is Yush or Shinir shoes or anything of the sort. And therefore, the Rambam didn't go into these details in Allah Aleph, because it doesn't matter if Shimon had Yehush or did not have Yehush, he still will have a claim to this field, and therefore he is still prohibited from testifying, because he is no Geya However, as we'll see in this halacha, it is different by a movable object. Halacha base. Let's say, that Reuven, who stole this talus from Shimon, stole the garment from Shimon, and then he sold it to Levi. And along comes Yehuda to complain and take this garment back from Levi. So, if Reuven has now died, Shimon is allowed to testify that it does not belong to Yehuda. Why? Well, shouldn't we say, that he will be able to reclaim it from Levi, and he will, since he prefers to get it from Levi, then getting it from Yehuda, therefore he will testify it doesn't belong to Yehuda. So the Rambam says, no. Because this garment will never ever go back to Shimon anyway. Why? Because the buyer, Levi, has already a gained acquisition over this object as a result of Yush that Shimon has got, given up hope of the object and Shinur shoes that he has already changed hands it has gone from Reuven's hands over into Levi's hands Ukvar meis Reuven agazlan and so now that Reuven the thief has died he has no one even to get his money back from if the object already has gone through Yush that there is Yush and Shinur shoes the object has changed hands and the original owner had given up hope he has Yehush. Although he has lost any right to the object, at least the money he'll be able to get back. But now, since it is a movable object, and he cannot, no, he no longer has any claim to it, furthermore, he cannot even take any of the money for it. Only Reuben would have been required to pay this money. Now that he has sold it to Levi, Levi has no such responsibility. Since, therefore, Shimon will not be able to get back the object, he won't even be able to get back his money. Therefore, he couldn't care whether it belongs to Levi or belongs to Yehuda, and therefore he is allowed to testify. 
This is all when Reuven's died. If, however, Reuven is still alive, then Shimon not only is not allowed to testify in the case of a field, as we mentioned in the end of Allah Aleph, but even in the case of a garment he cannot testify. Why? Because just like in that case of the field, and so too in this case of the garment, he has benefit, that the garment should not go over to Yehuda. And once he has proved that it belongs to Levi, he testified it belongs to Levi and not Yehuda, then he will be able to prove that Reuven stole it from him. And since Reuven stole it from him, Reuven will have to pay him back. Even though he might not be able to get the object, he will be able to get the money. Therefore, ultimately, he is Nagea Be'edus. And so too, if the talus, Reuven has died, but the talus was not handed over to Levi as a result of Levi buying it from Reuven during his lifetime. That the talus is presently Reuven, is in the hands of those that have inherited it from Reuven. So too in this case, Ain Shimon made Shimon cannot testify. Because the end of this will be that if he can prove that it that if he can prove his claim that it does not belong to Yehuda, it belongs to the the one that inherited it from Reuben, that he will not then be able to claim it back from him. That not only can he claim it from the original thief, but he can claim it from the Yorshim of the thief, those that inherit his estate. Therefore, it is to his interest that it should be established in the possession of the inheritors rather than in the possession of Yehuda. But can possess so to any similar case where he has any slight negia that it is for his advantage to testify. Halacha Gimel. Normally we have learned as many times in the Rambam that when a field is sold, it is sold with achrayas. In other words, if Reuven sells a field to Shimon and Reuven owes money, Reuven sells it with achrayas. That let's say the one that Reuven owes money to should come to collect his debt and he, Reuven has nothing to pay. Then Reuven will grab the field which Shimon bought from Reuven. That since when he lent Reuven money, he had a claim to all of Reuven's possessions and all of, Re- all of Reuven's land. Therefore, he will grab the field from Shimon which originally belonged to Reuven. Shimon, of course, is not left out in the cold. Shimon will go back to Reuven and demand his money back. This is because normally when a field is sold, it is sold with achrayas. However, if it was specifically sold without achrayas, it was specified such at the time of the transaction, then if someone comes to grab the field away from Shimon because money was owed to the original seller, then Shimon will be left in the cold. Shimon will not be able to gain any money from Reuven. Let's say Reuven sold the field to Shimon. And without Achrayas, he took no responsibility that if alone comes someone to grab the field from Shimon. As a result of money he, Reuven, owes, the Reuven will not have to replace the price of the field. Uh, what happened next? Along comes Yehuda with claim to the field and tries to grab this field away from Shimon. For example, Yehuda claims that the field originally belonged to him, and it was stolen from him and then sold to Reuven. So Reuven never had a right in the first place to give this field to Shimon, sell it to Shimon. Yehuda claims it's his field. So we might think as follows. 
that if Reuben had sold the field to Shimon with Achrayis, and the field was grabbed away from Shimon, Reuben would have to pay back, then certainly Reuben is not believed to testify that the field belongs to Shimon, and to testify against against this Yehuda. Because here he is getting direct benefit from his testimony. Because if he doesn't show that this belongs to Shimon, he's going to have to repay the cost of the field out of his own pocket. But we might think over here, since it's sold without Achrayis, that even if Yehuda successfully grabs this field away from Shimon, that Reuben will not lose anything, he's not going to have to pay Shimon back, so we might think he's believed to testify. So the Rambam says, no, ain't Reuben made Le'oleha. Reuben is not allowed to testify. Why? Because even though he never accepted responsibilities for the field, and even if Yehuda grabs it away, he won't have to, he, Reuben, will not have to replace the money, nevertheless, he still wants, he's, it's still Nagaya to him that it should go to Shimon. Reuben still desires that Shimon should win the case and have the field in Shimon's possession. Why? Because he wants, Reuben wants, that the one that he, Reuben, owes money to, that should he be unable to pay, that the person will be able to grab his money back by taking it for his chayv. He will take back and repay the money owed him by grabbing it away from Shimon. And in this way, the Pasuk, which says that a Russia is somebody, a wicked person is someone that lends and doesn't pay back. He doesn't want that to apply to him. Since Reuben borrowed money, he wants to pay his money back. Should it be that he doesn't have any money to pay back, then at least the one he owes to will be able to grab the field away from Shimon. And that way he won't be called a Russia. Aye, in that case, he's going to owe Shimon. So then he's not called a Russia. He already told Shimon that he's not taking Achrayis. He has no responsibility to Shimon if the field's grabbed. And that's the end of that. Shimon loses his money. And therefore, he would prefer to have Shimon hold on to this field. Because even though he might not have to pay him, he still would get some benefit indirectly. If the Baal Chayv comes to take away the, to collect his money from Reuven, then Reuven can always pass him off to Shimon and pay off his debt this way. And it is considered to be Nagayat him not to be called a Russia, and therefore he is not allowed to testify. In Allah Gimel, we spoke about when Reuben sold land to Shimon, Shalai Bachrayas. In this next Allah, we will discuss Reuben who sold a movable object to Shimon. The difference in halacha is very extreme. In the case of land, the, the land is Meshubah to pay off anything that Reuben owes. Reuben owed land, owned land and then sold it to Shimon. Should Reuben own money, that the land which is now in the possession of Shimon can be used to pay it off. However, the general rule by movable objects is that one cannot be paid of mina metaltaling. That if Reuben owed money to somebody, when the, that person comes to collect from Reuben and Reuben has no money, he cannot go to Shimon and take away movable objects, metaltaling, that Reuben has sold to Shimon. Only if Reuben sold Shimon land can the Baal Chayv grab it away. This is, as we shall see later in Halacha, unless Reuben sold this land to Shimon, Agav Karka, that he sold him some land. And together with the land, he sold him some movable objects. In such a case that the strength of that Kenyan is just as if land has been tra- has been transferred. That just as land is subjugated, is Meshubat, to pay off any of the debts of Reuven, so too these objects which were acquired, Agav Karka as it's called, together with or on top of land, then these objects also are subject to pay off any debts of Reuven. Allah Dalit. Reuven Shemachar Parah Eitalis Lashimit. Reuven sold a cow or a garment to Shimon. Ubo Yehud la'arer. 
And along comes Yehuda to complain and reclaim these objects from Shimon, claiming that the objects never really belonged to Reuben, for example. That Reuben bought it from someone that stole it from him, that they really belonged to Yehuda, he says. And Reuben got them some other way, but it didn't belong to him in order to sell it to Shimon. What is the halacha? In the case of a field, we said that, Ru- that Reuben would not be able to testify for Shimon. But in movable objects, the law changes. Reuben made le'aleha shehisho Shimon. Reuben is allowed to testify that these objects belong to Shimon and they don't belong to Yehuda. In other words, he is allowed to testify to disqualify Yehuda's witnesses so that Yehuda will not be able to grab them from Shimon. Why? Because over here he's not getting any benefit from his testimony. Shafilu on the biyat Shimon. Because even if it's presently in Shimon's possession, ain't Balchevishal Reuben Tayrif Minamataltalin. The one that Reuben owes money to is anyway not going to grab away his debt, which Reuben cannot repay, from movable objects which Reuben has sold to Shimon. Mataltalin, as we mentioned, are not Meshubat, not subject to the possession of any, of any debts. And therefore, the one Reuben owes money to, Reuben's Balchayv, will not be able to collect. Furthermore, And even if these objects were made in Apuseki, in other words, they were specifically designated, that he will collect his debt from them. That when Reuben borrowed money from this other person, from his Balchayv, the Balchayv said that I was going to collect specifically from these. Nevertheless, once it's already been sold, he has no right to them. And since he will not be able to collect, Reuben is not negated to Reuben at all, whether Shimon has these objects or not. However, when does this apply that he is allowed to testify? When Shimon himself admits that the cow or the garment belong to, definitely belong to Reuven. He admits this. And he knows in truth that they belong to Reuven. If, however, Shimon does not admit this, he says, perhaps Yehud is right, perhaps that really belongs to Yehud and not to Reuven. In such a case, in Reuven made la abidzchus Yehuda. Reuven cannot testify in order to destroy the, any right which Yehuda might be able to claim to these objects. Why? Because now suddenly, since Shimon does not agree that they originally belonged to Reuven, Reuven is now negaya bedaver. Why? He has something to gain. She'in teitzimitachas yedei Shimon. Because if somehow Yehuda is able to prove they're his, and he takes these objects, the cow or the garment, away from Shimon, Yachzer Shimon, V'yid V'damim, Shimon will go back to Reuven, claim money, V'yemer and he will tell him, You told me, you sold me something which doesn't even belong to you. Because witnesses came along and said that these objects, this cow or garment, really belong to Yehuda. So therefore, if it gets grabbed away from Shimon, Shimon will go back to a complaint to Reuben and say, you stole me, you sold me sold, stolen objects. And therefore, Reuben is now called Negeya Bedover. It is very relevant for him to testify and establish these possessions in the, in the, in the ownership of Shimon, because if not, Shimon could come back and make a claim to him. But if Shimon admits that they really belong to Reuben, then of course Shimon can make no such claim. Bamed varim amurim and another condition. When does this apply? And the Rambam explains what is bamed varim amurim. Sheyoi the Reuben labitz chus Yehuda. 
Beyamid Hamataltalim Beyat Shimin, that Reuben can testify against Yehuda in order to establish these possessions in the ownership of Shimon when is he believed as we mentioned in the previous in an introduction to the Salacha when we have witnesses and they testify that they know that this Reuben has never ever owned any land only ever owned were movable objects if, however, no witnesses are produced to testify in such a way, then just like in land, Reuben cannot testify, so too for the cow and garment he cannot testify. And why is this? Why should it make any difference that he has land or not? Why, if he has land, is he not allowed to testify regarding Metaltalim? Because perhaps when Reuben borrowed money from the one that is his Balchayv, he transferred any any movable objects he had or might acquire in the future, Agav Karka, together with the land, as a, together with the land, as, as one Kenyan, because of the Ikni. And he wrote on a star, on a document, the Ikni, that everything that I will acquire. And therefore, the Ikni lay metal Agav Karka. And since he transferred these possessions together with land, then his Baal can grab away even the cow and the garment. That although normally the law is that you cannot be tarif from movable objects, in the case where it's nikna agav karka, one can't. One is allowed. And lafichach lo yoyid alehem. And therefore he is not allowed to testify regarding them. Shahari reitz alamidim biyad shimin. Because he has a desire to put them in Shimon's possession. Kadesha yova bal chayve In order that it should be available. Should Reuven's bal chayv, who Reuven owes money to, come to collect his debt. Find Reuven out of money. And then he'll grab away the repayment of the loan from Shimon. As we mentioned in Allah Gimel, Reuven will desire that he should not be called a rasha, a wicked person who does not pay off his chayves. And even now, he will he will be owing money to Shimon technically. Uh, technically, he will not owe him anything. Since there was no achrayis, and Shimon understands that if it's, if it's grabbed away, he's not going to have to repay. He prefers to give over that money to the one he actually owes to, to his balchayv, and have it taken away from Shimon. Therefore, he's called Nagea Ba'edus and is not allowed to testify. It is mentioned, incidentally, in, in Shulchan Aruch, Mishpat, that this all applies before the present times. But Bizman Hazen, present times, even in such a case, he's allowed to testify. Because today, the general custom is that one would not be able to grab away metatally movable objects, even if it was acquired Agav Karka. And this was done because of Takonas Ashuk, to facilitate business arrangements. Because if this was not done, people would never buy things from each other. And in order to ease, business relations, our sages established that movable objects should not become meshubad, even agav karka. And so to anything else similar to these cases. And these things that Amman now gives a summary on this entire paddock and the previous paddock regarding the Geyeba Eidus. These matters are only dependent on the knowledge of the judge and his deep understanding that he should get down to the root of these laws and to know when one thing will cause another thing to happen and have a deep insight into what will actually happen. 
If he should find that a witness could have some sort of benefit in his testimony, even if it is very distant, very remote possibility, then he should be forbidden from testifying. And just as it, just as he is forbidden from testifying, because perhaps he is so too, a person with such a connection is forbidden from being a judge. And so to any of the other forms of invalidation of witnesses, just as they invalidate witnesses, so too they are, would invalidate judges. And therefore, since all of these laws of, of psuling apply not only to witnesses but also to judges, they do not set up any sort of Sanhedrin, a Jewish court, where two of the members are related to each other. Whether it is a small Sanhedrin, the one of 23 members, or the Sanhedrin Gadela, that Sanhedrin of 71 members which sat in the Beis HaMikdash. That since they would, they are related to each other, they would be invalid to sit and judge together also. However, those that are added for seven judges in order to make a leap year, to add a thirteenth year to declare two Adars, as explained in Hilchus Kiddush HaChedesh, that they would start the discussion on whether or not to make a leap, a leap month and make it a leap year, they would start off with three judges. And then they would add on to make five judges and then add on to seven. As explained in the words of our sages, that it was done as a symbolic matter, that since the verses in Birchas Kainim, Hashem Yishmarecha, the first Pasuk has three words, the second Pasuk has five, and the third is seven. This is the order in which it's added on in terms of Kiddush HaChedesh, that they would start off with three, then they would have a full discussion with five, and the final declaration would be made by seven. However, those extra judges are only symbolic, so to speak. The real discussion only happens really with the first three. Not the real discussion, but the real decision. They are the real best, and the others are added in order to correspond to the letter, to the words in Birchaz Kainit. Therefore, Yir Ali, it appears to me, says the Rambam, Shim Hayyubahim Kravim, if in those extra judges there were some related, Ein Bakach Klum. There's nothing to worry about, and they are not invalidated since they are not really part of the Sanhedrin. Halachavav, the final halach of the Perak. Kola kosher laudin kosher lahoid. Anyone or any categories which would be allowed to judge would also be allowed to testify. However, conversely, there are exceptions. The yesh kosher lahoid ve'ena kosher laudin. There are some that are allowed to testify but are not valid in order to sit in judgment. Ha'ayhev, those that love one another, although they would be allowed to testify, are forbidden from sitting in judgment. Vasayne, those that hate each other. Vahager, someone that is converted according to Lacha. Vahamashukhar, an evid, a slave who has been freed from his previous status and made a, a full-fledged Jew. Vakain hazokain. And so too, a person who is extremely elderly. Up to this point, the commentaries point out the first four categories. Ayyiv, Sayna, Ger, Meshukhar, apply to any sort of testimony, even that monetary matter, any sort of judgment, even monetary matters. The last categories that Rambam now mentions reply only to Din and Nefash's capital cases. So a person that's extremely old has already forgotten 
the difficulty in raising children, and therefore will not have so much mercy, he will have more of an angry approach to things, and therefore should not sit in judgment. So to someone that cannot have children, has the same problem as a Zokin. So too, one that is illegitimate or blind in one eye. In this case, they are invalidated from capital cases because they are Bali Mumim, they have some sort of Pagam, and therefore invalid. They are They are allowed to testify, but are not allowed to sit in judgment in capital cases, as we already explained that I'm referring to Hilchas Hedrim Perek Beis Halachotes. Therefore, we have exceptions that those that are, might be allowed to testify are not allowed to sit in judgment.